Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Okay, church, are we ready to hear the word this morning? Praise God. The word is powerful and it will change us. Amen. And it, like I said a few moments ago, it, it just, it strengthens that faith that's on the inside. Amen. It's, it's, such, it's such wonderful nourishment and food for our spirit. So let's, let's incline our ears this morning and, and listen to what the Lord has to say. And last weekend, I spoke about how true growth, it comes through humility. And we looked at humility over Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Uh, we brought in the new year talking about humility. We brought in the new year asking the Lord to show us how we can become more lowly. And so, because, church, we can see throughout the Word of God, and that's what I have been endeavoring and will continue to endeavor to do as the Lord, uh, Lord kind of leads me to do so, to reveal to us through the Word that humility is everywhere. You know, like, no matter what I picked up this week to read, where I turned to, I, I could see humility. It was just things that, you know, verses that I've read and studied before, and I've never seen humility in there, but the Lord was bringing out humility. Amen? And it's everywhere because it's, God, it's who God is and it's his character, right? So whether it be spiritually, financially, personally, as a family, corporately, we all want to grow in 2024, right? We all want to grow. We don't want to stay at the same level or the same place, right? We want, and we definitely don't want to go backwards, right? It's not good to go backwards, right? We want to press forward. And I talked about how growth in the kingdom of God is not always what we think it is. And that, that's the first thing we need to establish and get right, is growth in the kingdom is not a position or a status, right? That's not what growth is in the kingdom. Growth in the kingdom is a humble heart that desires Jesus more and more, being obedient in whatever he asks us to do. That is, that is true growth in the kingdom, right? And Jesus, you know, people we see through the word of God, people who approach Jesus, um, some of his disciples that even approached him, desiring success, desiring greatness, desiring a position, desiring, you know, that, um, that they will be, you know, great among people. Jesus, like, rebuked that thinking and that heart and he redirected it to humility why because that is success that is greatness in the kingdom of God is humility a humble person is always declaring who God is humble person's always declaring who God is it never never declares who he or she is or who 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 or she isn't right so humility is not just, remember I said last week, elevating oneself and, you know, I'm great, rah, rah, rah. Humility is also not, you know, focusing on yourself even when you're feeling low in yourself, when you're focusing on your weakness or, or any insecurities. That's also not humility. humility. Humility in its purest form is always declaring who God is. Full stop. Everything's always pointed back to him. And that's the place where we need to be, right? In other words, humility is completely focusing on God. And I pray that we will understand the depth of humility 
that the Lord is calling us to. That is my prayer, church, this year. I want, to, I want us all to experience the depth of humility because we, ha- we haven't. There's always deeper. There's always, my goodness, does the Lord's revealing things to us. We're like, Lord, I, I didn't even know that level existed. And we know about, like we, look, we know about humility and we, you know, we've, we've heard teachings about it before and praise God, but it's like, you know, like what happened to me throughout this week, I opened up the word of God and it was just humility everywhere. And it was like, wow, I never seen that before, Lord. And then he'll start to show things to you in your own life where, you know, you act a certain way, you do something or whatever it may be. And then you just hear, feel that nudge. Mm, that's, that's not humility. That, that requires more humility. And you're like, yes, Lord, I've never seen that before. And that is the depth. That is about that submissive heart and that, you know, listening ear who can, where God can take you to that level where he needs you to be, right? So this morning, I want to talk a wee bit about discipleship. You were all disciples, right? That's what we are, church. We're disciples, and I touched on discipleship last week slightly, but I want to go back there this morning to see what the Lord wants to show us. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower, right? A disciple is a follower. And remember, I talked about how if we want to follow, we need to be low. Not in our, you know, uh, authority or, or anything like that. We know who we are in Christ, but low in, in our hearts, I mean. Not in our, down in the dumps. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about in our hearts, we need to be low and lowly, right? And then God exalts, right? So in order to truly follow, one must become low. Because you will never follow if you're not, if you think you know better. If you're prideful, it's difficult for you to follow. You may follow in word. You may follow certain parts of the path, but uh, there's going to be things that come up and you're like, I'm not doing that. That's not following, right? And a disciple is a follower, right? We follow who? We follow Jesus. We follow the Lord. And just like our master, we need to become lowly. Jesus is humility. And I talked about how he emptied himself and made himself of no reputation. And we looked at Philippians chapter two there. And he, he who knew no sin became sin for us. He became humble and God exalted him. And Jesus is our example now and always. He is our example. So always look to Jesus, right? And, and be desiring to look more like him. So throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, he was completely submitted onto the Father. Remember I said last week too, how, look, Jesus didn't have an opinion, so we need to stop, we need to lose this mindset of my opinion matters and what I think matters. No, what Jesus said, it matters. You know, what the word of God says matters. Jesus emptied himself and made himself of no reputation. He came to this earth and he didn't have an opinion because anything that he spoke was what he heard the father speak. And anything that he did was what he seen the father do. He was completely submitted onto the father. Can we say, church, this is a rhetorical question. But can we say, if we look at our hearts, can we say this morning that we're completely submitted onto God? We need to ask ourselves that because we need to be there. We need to be there to be completely submitted onto him. If we want to fulfill that which we have been called to by God, obedience is required. 
a disciple and a follower of Jesus is always submitted unto him, and we won't find our way without him. We won't find our way without him, because, you know, Jesus said himself, none, absolutely none can get to the Father but through me, right? He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. There's no other way, right? So we need to be following him if we want to know the way, all right? But the first thing I want to emphasize this morning is this. Following Jesus is not, it is not calling yourself a Christian and coming to church. That is not following Jesus. That is part of it of, yes, we call ourselves Christians. Christ, the word Christ is in the word Christian. You know, it's all focused around him, looking to him. And coming to church is, is a fruit of, of that life. But that's not, just because you do those things doesn't mean you're a follower. Just because we come to church and just because we say to the people out there, oh, yes, I'm a Christian, just so they know that, oh, I'm not of this religion or that religion. And you're trying to, you know, differentiate. So you're like, yeah, I'm a Christian and I go to church there, over there, wherever you go. And you say, right, I'm a follower of Jesus. No, being a follower of Jesus and a disciple of Jesus is so much more than that. So much more right? Following Jesus is being his disciple. It means you are committed to learn from him and stay close to him. A disciple is committed, and that's another thing we need to ask the Lord to show us, Lord, what does commitment look like? Because I think we have different definitions of that. Being a disciple is being committed to God to, stay, to love God, to obey God, and to stay close to him, to learn from him, right? As a follower, you learn from your master, right? You learn from your master. He teaches, and you follow, you listen, you obey, right? That is a disciple. It means his mission becomes your mission. It means his mission becomes your mission. It's no longer about you, it's about him. And this thinking is going to require us to empty ourselves every day so that we can fully submit onto him. All right? Just like my dad was saying there, you know, sometimes we need to give ourselves a kick, say, I don't, no more of Jason, no more of John, no more of Melvin, no more of, you know, no more of us, but more of you, Lord. More of you, right? More of you until who we are just reflects him. Church, that's where we need to be. That is where we need to be. Humility is the main ingredient for growth. Humility became one, and, and I love this, right? Humility became one of Jesus' recurring messages and teachings to his disciples. Humility. Humility, if you look through the Gospels, you will see it time and time and time and time again, how when Jesus was with his disciples, when he was with the 12, even his close inner circle, when he was with the 12 disciples, he was always continually teaching them humility. Some of Jesus' sayings were this. This is some of many. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. 
For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So this is just a few of many times, Jesus' words that he was speaking to his disciples. And you know one thing that I noticed? Jesus didn't even, Jesus didn't just say these things, he lived them. He lived them. That's how he was pointing them back to himself. I am lowly in heart. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Right? Why do you think Jesus was doing this, church? Because he needed to get his disciples to a place where they were fully submitted onto him so that they could continue his mission. He was teaching them humility because he wanted them to grow. He wanted them to grow beyond even after he left the the earth and he was no longer going to be with them in the flesh. Now, he was sending Holy Spirit, but, you know, he was, that was a whole other thing he had to try and teach them was that I'm not always going to be here. So I need you to learn humility so that you will carry on my mission. Because if they weren't humble, the first sign of people trying to elevate them and, you know, puff them up and stuff, church, it was game over. And we talked about that last week, how that attitude, pride at heart, it always comes before destruction and a fall. We've seen ministries fall. We've seen men and women of God who were, you know, being used by him mightily fall because they let pride in. They let pride in and things ended prematurely because of pride, right? And God will not have things continue that is full of pride, right? So, He was teaching them these things so they could continue his mission. We, every single one of us today here at Island Church Dundalk, every believer, every disciple and follower of Jesus Christ on this earth today is still continuing the mission 2,000 years later. The mission did not end at the end of Acts. The mission is not complete. The mission is still needs to be done, right? It's still open. It's still ready to be, you know, ran with. We need to complete the mission. He's looking for those who are emptied of themselves so he can fill us with more of him. You know, true discipleship requires humility. You know, honor is important, right? The Bible talks about honor. You know, we teach about honor. Honor is important, right? Because, well, number one, we honor God and through that we honor other people that he places in our lives and so on. But honor as a principle and as a teaching, it's important, right? But, God's kingdom, you will find, church, is always humility before honor. In the kingdom of God, it is always humility before honor. If you're chasing honor, if you're chasing honor, you need to measure your humility. Church, if, you're, if honor is what you're desiring, you need to measure your humility, right? Proverbs 18.12 says, honor comes to the humble right? Honor comes to the humble. So a heart that is prideful will always struggle to give honor where honor is due, right? Honor comes to the humble and honor flows from the humble, right? So humility is always first. Turn to me to Luke chapter 9. This is where we're going to be this morning.
In Luke chapter 9, I'm going to read through these verses, and I'm going to go back and look at each one in this, in this wee portion of Scripture here. I'm going to start from verse 57 of Luke 9. It says, Now it happened, as they journeyed on the road, that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plough and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. No one, having put his hand to the plough and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So what is Jesus doing here? He's revealing the cost of discipleship. Jesus is revealing the cost of discipleship. And I want, all, I want us all to think about these people's statements and the responses to Jesus here. Church, how many times have we said, Jesus, I'm all in? How many times have we said, Jesus, I'm all in, I just need to do this first? Okay? Jesus, I'm all in, I just need to do this first. Or Jesus, I love you, but. Jesus, I love you, but. This is something we need to check in our own hearts. We need to ensure that we're not treating Jesus like he's second on our list, church. Right? The first one said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus responded by saying, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So what was Jesus referring to here? Well, if you look up to just a few verses before this, from verse 51, it tells us something important. It says that Jesus steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Right? And then it starts to talk about how he passed through a Samaritan village. Now, what we need to understand is there was a religious prejudice between the Jews and the Samaritans. They, they did not get along. They did not like one another, right? So Jesus is passing through this Samaritan village and he was refused hospitality. They said, no, you don't, you, they wouldn't give him a place to stay. Why? Because he had fixed his face to go towards Jerusalem, right? Because he was going to there. They were not hospitable towards him. So let me say this. Jesus was not referencing a state of poverty or lack. Right? This verse has been used wrongfully to teach of, oh, Jesus didn't, couldn't afford anywhere to stay. Jesus couldn't afford a house or Jesus couldn't afford this. Right? This is not a statement of poverty. And it is not a statement of lack, right? Jesus wasn't poor. Luke chapter 8 and verse 3 tells us that he had people who ministered to him from their substance. In the Greek, what it's talking about is it's talking about those who were a financial support to him. Jesus had ministry partners. 
Jesus and his disciples were able to give to the poor. Jesus and his disciples were able to give to those that were less fortunate. Jesus was not lacking. Okay? So he had people who were giving to him from their substance. So what was Jesus doing? He was revealing to this person who committed to follow him wherever he went. So let, let's look. It says here, Lord, I will, verse 57, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And then Jesus responded by saying, foxes and birds. So what was Jesus doing? He was revealing that whoever committed to follow him wherever he went, they would always be on the move. They would always be on the move, right? During his earthly ministry, following Jesus required a person to give up his or her life, right? They were always traveling to different places. You couldn't keep your old life and follow Jesus at the same time, right? Can you see why humility is so important in following him? We can't live our own lives and follow him at the same time. We need to choose. A choice needs to be made, right? And he also revealed in this verse that persecution is part of the cost of discipleship. And we know this to be true, church, right? Persecution, it's part of the cost. There's a cost to discipleship. Persecution is part of that cost. And we, need, we know this to be true. We won't always be received well when we carry the name of Jesus with us. Right? Anyone witness to this? You will not always be received well when you carry the name of Jesus. Have you counted the cost of that? Have you counted the cost? Our pride will always be one to be loved by people. Why? Because the root of pride, church, is selfishness. The root of pride is selfishness. Let me tell you about self. Self wants to be accepted. Self wants to be loved. Self wants to be exalted. Humility wants Jesus to be accepted, Jesus to be loved, Jesus to be exalted. There's a difference. There's a difference. Humility wants him to have those things, right? Count the cost. Verse 59 tells us that Jesus himself actually called another who was there. And I love this. He said to him, follow me. See, the first guy said, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus turned to another. And he said, follow me. Now, can you imagine? Imagine this. Jesus standing in front of you in the flesh, calling you into the ministry. What would your response to him be? What would your response be? Because let me tell you, church, your response will reveal your heart. This is what Jesus was doing throughout these verses. He was trying to reveal the heart. Your response to Jesus will always reveal your heart. The truth is, Jesus is calling us. He's calling each and every one of us, and not only into a ministry or a calling, which he is, 
but so much more. He's calling us into intimacy. He's calling us into relationship. And this man's response to Jesus revealed his heart, which was the intention of Jesus in the first place. He said, oh, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Let me first go and bury my father. Oh, may we never put Jesus on the long finger. Church, may we never put Jesus on the long finger. May we always be humble enough to listen and obey. What was Jesus' response? He said, let the dead bury their own dead. Whew. Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. You go and preach the kingdom of God. And I don't know what you all think, but I think it's pretty impossible for somebody who's dead to bury someone else. Right? If you're dead, how can you bury someone else that's dead? So what was Jesus talking about? He was talking about those who are spiritually dead, church. He was talking about those who were spiritually dead how they should stay and look after and bury those who are physically dead. And in different versions, different translations, and just the dialogue here that Jesus was, you know, using, and I believe this man's father wasn't even dead yet. This man's father hadn't even died yet. What he was saying to Jesus was, when I, when I get rid, when I, you know, look after this responsibility, which could be, I don't know, God knows how many more years, then I'll follow you, Jesus. Because if this man's dad was already dead, he would have been already in the thick of organizing and, you know, he would have been preoccupied with looking after things. This man's father wasn't even dead yet. And he was saying, Jesus, I want to follow you, but... Jesus, I want to follow you, but that is the opposite of a, what a disciple is. Let me tell you. Because we can all say, I want to follow you, Jesus, but if the but comes after, that's not, that's not discipleship. Discipleship follows Jesus. End of story. Right? This man was simply putting Jesus down lower on his list of priorities. And Jesus, knowing this, responded quite firmly to him. If we're claiming to follow Jesus or desiring to follow him, we need to ensure we're ready to put him first, church. You have to, be, you have to count the cost. Listen, the word of God talks about this time and time again. You need to count the cost. Because there's a cost to your discipleship. Right? You need to be ready to put him first above everything and everyone else. Jesus revealed to this man that anything less than this church, let me tell you, it is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Anything less than this is unacceptable. This is the cost of discipleship and humility is the currency by which we pay. Humility. There is a cost to your discipleship. And the way that you pay it is by becoming humble. Because if you're not lowly, you won't truly follow. You won't come to the place of following him completely. 
We can casually call ourselves disciples, but unless we count the cost, we won't, we cannot become one. Listen, church, Jesus' response to this man was blunt. It was blunt and it was firm, right? But it wasn't heartless. It wasn't insensitive, right? He was simply trying to reveal this man's heart. And we cannot keep saying, Lord, I'm all in once I get this out of the way. We cannot spend 2024 saying, Lord, I'm ready to follow you when I finish this. Lord, I'm ready to call myself a disciple when this is dealt with or that's dealt with or I've achieved this or achieved that. Jesus doesn't want just a bit of you, church. He wants all of you. And I have a question for you this morning. Are you going to allow that which is temporal to stop you from enjoying that which is eternal? Are you going to allow that which is temporal to stop you from enjoying that which is eternal? If we become lowly in heart and stay there, see, it's not just about arriving there. You need to stay there. That's the daily emptying of yourself is staying there because your flesh will fill itself up again if it's allowed to. And then humility is out the window. <laughs> flesh needs to be empty daily so you can stay humble, stay lowly. Jesus was humble and he stayed lowly. He stayed humble, right? If we become lowly at heart and stay there, we will always be ready to follow Jesus wherever he goes. Verse 61 so Jesus said in 60, let the dead bury their own dead. You go and preach the kingdom. In verse 61, another one said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Never place a but after your declaration to follow Jesus. Never place a but after your declaration to follow Jesus. Lord, I'll follow you, but... This needs to be done. Or but. No buts. A disciple doesn't have a but. Okay? There's no buts. The but always implies an anomaly in where you place your precedence. It always implies an anomaly. It always implies there's something wrong or there's something off. There's, a, there's something skewed in what you're giving precedence to. Once again, Jesus responded to this man firmly and bluntly. He said, no one, say no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, church, let that sink in. No one that has their hand to the plow but is looking back is fit for the kingdom. Do you know what that means? It means that if you're doing that, you're useless to the kingdom. That's what Jesus was saying. You're useless to the kingdom if you're not fully focused on what I need you to do. Jesus wants us to succeed, church. Let me tell you, he wants us so much to succeed. He wants us to have longevity in our walk with him. Because many start the journey, like I've been saying in recent weeks, we're good at starting, but we're not always good at finishing. 
Many start the journey with him, but he doesn't just desire for us to succeed. He desires longevity in our walk with him. But he knows, and we need to know, that a divided heart will always cause problems. A divided heart will always cause problems. Remember, the Lord looks to, deals with what? The heart. He's not looking at the outward appearance. He's not looking at what other people can necessarily see. He's looking at the heart where other people cannot see. Jesus looks at the heart. This statement that he made to this man, right? Let me tell you this. It doesn't imply that we can't make time for others while serving God, right? That's not what that's saying. It's not saying that we can't make time for others while serving God. It implies that others can never take precedence over serving God. There's a difference and we need to know a church. It doesn't mean you cannot make time for others while serving God, but others cannot take precedence over serving him. They can't. It's one eye looking back. We can't have divided attention while following Jesus. It will always lead to disaster. For example, church, when we're driving our cars, there's things that are heavily enforced by the authority in this country. While you're driving your car, you're focused. No phones, you know, none of this crack. Why do you think that is? Because if we don't, it can produce a fatality. Divided attention is fatal. When you're driving your car, you ought to obey the law, the law of the land. You ought, you ought to keep your, you shouldn't be answering your phone and doing all these other things. Why? Because it is dangerous not only to you, but to somebody else. And these things are enforced, and rightly so. In the kingdom, spiritually, a divided attention can be fatal. Why? Because it can lead to you walking away. Divided attention, a divided heart can lead you to walking away and it can prove to be fatal, right? So don't have a divided attention. Jesus was revealing the cost of discipleship. He desires for all to come to know him and follow him, but he desires for all to stay in the place of knowing him and following him. The life of Christ we receive, church, is worth every single thing that we could ever let go of and more. Right? The good news is the life of Christ that we receive, his abundant life, his Zoe life, all of the things that we've been praising and thanking him for here this morning, it's so much better and so much more than we could ever gain in our own. Turn to me quickly to Matthew 19. Keep your finger in Luke. I'm going to go back there. Matthew 19. Verse 29. It says, Everyone who has left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, lands for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and will in inherit eternal life. We receive so much more for putting him first. So much more. Again, this does not mean that we 
leave family members, ignore family members, ignore responsibilities in order to follow Jesus. It's quite the opposite. Jesus holds us accountable for how we look after others, right? We need to understand what the word is revealing to us here. It's a hard issue, church. He's desiring for those to follow him no matter the cost. No matter the cost. You see, salvation is a free gift, right? You're not paying for it by your works or earning it. But it comes at a cost because you lose your life. If you haven't lost your life, you cannot receive his. Church, I cannot stress that enough. If you have not lost your life, if you have not counted the cost, you cannot receive his life. But if, if you've counted the cost and said, Lord, I'll follow you, there's no buts. I'll follow you, Lord. There's no extras added on to that. I'll follow you full stop. Church, that's when we've counted the cost. That's when we've said, Lord, I empty myself. I completely surrender my life so I can walk in and receive your life, Lord. See, we cannot con commit to discipleship. We cannot commit to following Jesus if we don't daily empty ourselves of the self. The guy in verse 61, go back to Luke. The guy in verse 61, what did he do? He had one eye looking forward and he had one eye looking behind. See, he had one eye looking, Jesus, you're going this way. I'll follow you, Lord. But see, there was still an eye looking back. There was still attention on something else. It's never going to work, church. This is never going to work. You know when you plow, and Jesus uses the example here of a plow. When you plow, when you're in the act of plowing, you must be fully focused on the path that you're on, right? So the tractor is coming along, or even if you're doing it by hand or whatever, and it's, it's making these furrows. It's making these, uh, the ground ready to receive the seed, if the farmer is looking to the left and to the right and to everywhere else, he's going to have crooked furrows. He's going to ha he, his, his lines will not be straight. When you're plowing in the kingdom, if you're not focusing on the path that you're on and looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, your ways will not be straight. You'll be everywhere. That's what a divided attention leads to. You'll be here, there, you'll be going to the right, going to the left, and it will be difficult for the seed that you are planting to come to fruition. Because you're not, you're, you're being, like as Jesus said, you're not fit for the kingdom. It's it like, if your attention is not, if you cannot give him your whole attention, if you cannot count the cost, if you cannot commit yourself to him, you're useless to the kingdom. Because he needs somebody that's sold out for him. And that's what he's desiring of us this year, church, and, and, and forever. Go with me to Matthew again. Six. Verse 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, 
your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So this isn't referring to our physical eyes. It's referring to our spiritual eyes. It's revealing the importance of spiritual vision. We know the importance of vision and, and keeping our vision on him and full of light, right? That's what this is talking about here, right? And what a, what a good spiritual vision brings forth, right? If our vision is fixed upon Jesus, we'll be full of his light. Why? Because church, he is the light. He is the light. Remember, we are not shining of our, in, a, in and of ourselves, we are called, we're the city set on a hill. We are the light for, of the world, but it's because Jesus is in us. He's the source of the light. Take Jesus out of the equation, it's darkness, right? So Jesus is the light. Our victory, we want victory, right? We can say victory belongs to us. Victory is what's provided to me in Christ Jesus. And yes, he is the victory. And if you're in him, it means you're victorious. But your victory and the ability to continue to walk in that victory, it lies in your singleness of heart. Your victory lies in your singleness of heart. If you're divided at heart, church, you won't be walking in victory. If we don't have eyes for anything other than him, nothing other than him can have your heart. And if he has your heart, you'll be walking in victory. If you don't give anything other than him your eyes, nothing other than him can have your heart. When we follow Jesus, our hands are on the plow and we have a job to do. If we spend our time looking back, we won't do our job, our job well. We will not be fit for the kingdom. Jesus is stressing the importance of commitment. You know, as, as we're in January here and we've closed out 2023, we're into 2024, church, I'm telling you, the direction that I can sense in my heart that the Lord's leading me here to, to share and teach upon in these coming weeks is if you want to enter into what Jesus has for you this year, you need to let go of the past. You need to let go, not just of what's bad, because we automatically think, oh, let go of the, what's holding me back. Let go of this, let go of the sin, let go of all that. And yes, that is true. But let go of even that which was good that is now over. Let go of that which God did in you in 2023, but now God's saying, I'm doing something else in 2024. But see, if you're holding on to 2023 and the good in 2023 and what God did through you in all these years leading up to now, you, you, if you're holding on to that, you will not walk into what he wants to do now. And remember I said last week, a religious spirit fights against the present because they're always trying to protect the past. I want to live in the present church and I want to live for the future. And we cannot do that if we're tr fighting so hard to protect the past. Right? There needs to be a part where you're letting go, where you're taking your eyes off what happened before and fixing your eyes forward. A looking forward requires trust. And listen to this. A looking forward requires trust. 
right? Trust requires humility. Therefore, looking forward requires humility. It always comes back to there. Looking forward is where we need to be and how we get there is humility. It's humility. Self always wants the control. Therefore, it finds it hard to let go and trust because the control is gone and I'm submitting myself into the hands of another. Self will fight against that tooth and nail. So you need to empty yourself. You need to say, no, I'm submitting on to the Father. This is why Jesus is looking for those who are willing. He's looking for those who are empty, as in empty of pride, empty of self, and who don't think that they're full. Because when we think that we're full, we don't, we don't need anything. I, I'm fine. I don't need any. I don't need any of that. I'm full over here. Pray, look at, and that teaching, that mindset of being full, it is wonderful. I, you know, there's aspects of us, and it, it's truth that we are full of the life of God. But we need to be not full of ourselves. And sometimes that line gets blurred where it's like, I'm full. And like I said last week, that's where all, it always gets shifted over to us. And that's pride. And when we get that mindset, have that mindset, it, it stops God from being able to work through us, right? And in us. We tend to look back when we haven't really let go. You see, this man that said to Jesus, I'll follow you, Lord, wherever you go. But let me first go and bid farewell to those who are at my house. You see, he was looking forward, but he was also looking back because there was something that he didn't let go of. There was something that he didn't let go of. We can't, the Lord cannot do through us what he desires if we're constantly looking back. Why? Because it reveals a heart that doesn't fully trust. And a heart that doesn't fully trust cannot fully submit. So that, therefore, hinders him from doing what he needs to through us. Why? Because submission has to be there. He's not going to force you to follow him. He never forced his disciples to follow him. But you go and study out the life of the disciples. It's actually a really good study, a wonderful thing to look at. The life of the disciples as they were following Jesus. And let me tell you, they counted the cost. They had to give up things, church. And a lot of them, they died martyrs' deaths. They died martyrs' deaths. They had to come to the part, point of letting go. A disciple is a follower, of, a follower of Christ. If we're following, we're never looking back. We're always looking ahead. Because why? Those who look back will miss where they need to go. If Jesus, Jesus is always out ahead of you. Jesus is here, right? As in when we're following him. We're, we're close to him. We're, we're, at, we're beside him. But with regards to following him, Jesus is ahead of us because he's leading the way. If I'm looking this way, I'm going to miss where Jesus is going. Church, this is basic here. I'm going to miss where he's going if I'm looking back and not looking forward. Right? Those who look back will miss where they need to go because their eyes are not on who they're following. Their eyes are on what they're unwilling to let go of. We miss Jesus because our eyes are not on him. They're on 
what we're unwilling to let go of because there's a divided heart. A lack of humility, church, will lead to a lack of submission. And if we cannot submit ourselves onto the Lord, we can't really follow him. In 2024, we need to be those who are not just followers by word, but followers by deed. Not just followers by word, but followers by deed. Jesus is calling each one of us, but we need to be prepared to count the cost of discipleship. We need to be prepared to put him first, which means letting go of that which is holding us back. John, can you just come and play? Letting go of that which is holding us back. Letting go of that which is taking our attention and hindering us from following Jesus and fully submitting ourselves onto him. It is stopping us from becoming a true disciple. Do you want to know something true? A life of serving God, church, is not easy. So forget about that. A life of serving God is not easy, but it is so, so worth it. It is so worth it. Like I said, what we receive is far superior to anything we could have on our own. In order to truly walk in and benefit from it, we need to humble ourselves to the point of complete death to self. God will always exalt those who choose to humble themselves. It says in Matthew 23, verse 12, God exalts those who are humbled. The humble will be exalted. God is the one who exalts. But church, I just want you to just focus on this for a moment because the big thing that the Lord has been really showing me through these, these verses in Luke we need to ensure that our image of Jesus is correct we need to ensure that our image of Jesus is true and who he really is because you know what I see when I look at Luke chapter 9 Jesus is not okay with our double life. Jesus is not okay with our butts. Jesus is not okay with our divided attention. So we need to get rid of that image of Jesus and say, Jesus loves me. Jesus understands that I need to do this. Jesus understands how difficult this is for me. Jesus understands that, you know, I need to look after that before I can really commit to him. No, Jesus had no tolerance for that and still he does not. It's, it's, it's not acceptable, church, for us to, be, to think like that. Our image of Jesus is not right because Jesus had no tolerance. Jesus is gracious, let me tell you. He is so gracious, he's so full of mercy, and he's so full of compassion, but let, he is so full of truth, and he is zero compromise. He is zero compromise. We can see how he responded to these people who desired to follow him. And we can say, but I desire to follow you, Jesus. The desire is there, 
but he, we can see how he responded to the people who may have had the desire, but they didn't count the cost. They didn't count the cost. And he said, he was quite blunt. He, he's a jealous lover, church, and he wants our whole hearts. He know, listen, he knows what it takes for us to succeed and finish our race. Jesus knows. Jesus walked this earth. Jesus walked the path that we're walking. He took on flesh and he knows what it's like to be tempted. In every manner that we were, temp that were tempted, he was tempted also. That's why he is our great high priest. Church. So we cannot say, it's different for me, right? Jesus knows what it takes to walk this life. He knows what its submission looks like. He knows what it takes to finish the race. And he's calling us closer to him so that we can hear from him and do what he's telling us to do. Why? Because he knows what to do. He knows what it's going to take and he's calling us not just to that ministry position, not to that calling. He's calling us closer to him so that we can finish our race and glorify him. Don't spend this year looking forward with one eye looking back. Paul said in Philippians 3, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Jesus is who we are following. Don't miss him by looking back. It's time, church, that we not only just have our hands on the plow. We, a lot of us, I know we have our hands on the plow but there's still things that we need to let go of that is taking our attention. There's still things that we, and we think, and we get this, we get this impression and, and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm plowing, I'm plowing. God's, I'm plowing, God's happy with me, I'm plowing. But let me tell you, Jesus said those who are plowing with one eye looking back, they're not fit for the kingdom. So church, don't spend this year, if, if that's you and you, you can, bear witness with that in your heart and you feel like Lord I, I, I need to step into that place where I'm truly following you I just want you to examine your heart this morning and I, I want you to commit to God let's just all stand to our feet for a moment praise you Jesus can we just dim the lights a wee bit please praise you Lord praise you Lord let's just lift our hands up to him this morning thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, he doesn't want, he doesn't want any of us, any of us to spend another minute looking back. But, and you know why? It's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to focus on one thing by focus, and then looking at another. And what he's saying this morning is, he's not saying that you need to completely, you know, cut loved ones off and cut you know he's not talking about that but it's a hard issue 
if you're constantly putting others in front of and ahead of serving him that is having your hands on the plow and looking back yes we're to honor others yes we're to love others yes we're to you know give give of ourselves to benefit others and it's a body and we're all in it together but stop putting the needs of others or others in general above him because let me tell you you will only yes lord you will only be truly beneficial and fruitful to others if you're serving them by serving him first so stop trying to serve others on your own and outside of him and serve others through him put him first and the serving others and looking after family and everything else will come naturally and it will come effortlessly but I want each and every one of us as we're standing here today I want us to commit something to God if, if that's what you need to do and are desiring to do and don't do it if you're not because look at church <laughs> this only works for people who's ready to count the cost but I want you to commit something to God are you ready in 2024 to not only call yourself as it call yourself a disciple but to actually be a disciple just picture the Lord right now just keep your heart and eyes upon him and just look into his loving eyes church can you just see his, his loving eyes can you just sense his such wonderful presence he so adores each and every one of us And he is just longing for us to answer his call. He is longing for us to stop cheating on him. He wants a faithful bride. He wants a bride that only has eyes for him, the bridegroom. And I want you to just take these moments to count the cost. I want you to think, because I know the Holy Spirit's bringing up to our hearts right now the things that we're looking at, the things that, you know, we're allowing to hold us, that we're allowing to keep us looking backwards instead of forwards. I want you to count the cost. And I want you to ask the Lord to help you come to the place of submission I want the Lord to help you to come to that place of letting go so that you can truly follow him church a follower of Christ counts the cost and if you've counted the cost this morning I want you to lift your hands up to Jesus and I want you to tell him Lord 
I will follow you wherever you go. Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And that is going to be possible for me because my eyes are on you and you alone. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this moment of surrender. Thank you, Lord, for this moment, Lord, with you. Oh, this whole morning with you, Lord, which was full of these moments, just holy moments of oh, your presence, Lord, surrendering ourselves onto you. Lord, help us become true disciples. Help us become true followers. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. We love you so much, Lord. Oh, you're so good to us. We want to be faithful to you. Oh, Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you for this wonderful service. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time we had with you. Lord, help us meditate on this word. Continue to meditate on the word that you've given us and walk in it, Lord and put it into practice and protect it and treasure it in our hearts so that it comes to fruition and it is birthed in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for the ability to walk this life with you. Lord, we're not doing things on our own. Continue to strengthen us every day by your spirit, Lord, on the inside. Give us the boldness we need to keep pressing forward and encourage us, Lord, by your word, by your wonderful goodness towards us, Lord, and knowing how much you love us. Thank you, Lord, for this week, first week of 2024. It has been a blessing, Lord, and they're going to continue to be a blessing. Every day of this year, Lord, we're going to taste your goodness. Every day of this year, we're going to taste of you, Lord, and we can declare that you are good. Thank you for this week, Lord. Thank you for the week ahead, Lord. I just pray a protection over it, Lord. Protection over each and every one of these people, over everybody listening online and podcasts, Lord, that your hand is upon them. To those that are in Christ, for those who are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, they shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I pray, Lord, that you give your angels charge over them, over each and every one of us, protecting us in all of our ways, Lord. No evil shall befall us. No plague shall come near our dwelling place. I thank you, Lord, for the healing and the health of our bodies. Jesus, you are the healer, and we are abiding in you. Therefore, healing is our portion. It is the children's bread. We thank you for the health and strength in our bodies. We thank you, Lord, that we're prosperous. You make our ways successful, Lord, and prosper. And, and, and Lord, just be so wonderful. Serving you, Lord, isn't easy, as in there's going to be things coming against us. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be, Lord, temptations, tests and trials. But, Lord, what you give us and what we have in you is so much better. And it is so worth it, Lord. So help us stay in that place of abiding and remaining so that we can continue to experience your wonderful eternal life and an abundant life and Zoe life. Thank you, Jesus. Give us opportunities this week, Lord, to share the gospel. Give us opportunities this week, Lord, to be a light, to tell people of the good news. 
that we have been so freely given. Give us the boldness to speak out in faith, Lord. Help us to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. And help us be perfect and, Lord, ambassadors for you, which means we're representing you. So, Lord, help us empty ourselves so we can represent you properly and with honor and reverence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this body. That we're not just individuals. We are a body of Christ. The body of Christ. Help us to always put one another above ourselves, Lord. And to walk in humility and unity in everything that we do. Thank you, Lord, for this body, Lord. And I declare that here at Island Church, we're covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.